0: Someone sent a message, this is my school, high school group. Mm-hmm. It says urgently require an ICU bed with ventilator in Delhi for a 42-year-old mother. Her oxygen is 55, She's two children who have lost their father two days back. From her home in
1: Auckland, Suchika Kula is getting messages like this daily from friends and family in India. From a distance, she feels helpless as she reads and watches the impact of COVID's second surge on the capital city – in this message, a 42-year-old woman with two children, whose father died only two days earlier, desperately needs a bed with oxygen.
0: The message was at 1.07 a.m. She lives in Darada, contact number this. Who WhatsApp
1: group of old friends shares the message around.
0: And then another friend wrote, oh, 45 oxygen beds are available at Hotel Darada in Delhi. The next message arrives within
1: minutes. A hotel is found with oxygen beds. But then this.
0: At 121, the other friend wrote, the person passed away, no need to look anymore. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's reality, as you see. I'm
1: Sharon Brett Kelly, and today on The Detail, the reality of life in India is it struggles with 350,000 new cases and more than 3,000 deaths each day. Mass cremations, crowded hospitals, families begging for oxygen. She was only 42 yep, years old. Yep, yep, that's right. Wow. I don't mean to be critical, but it's kind of quite clinical, isn't it? Yeah. This person passed away, no need to look anymore.
0: Well, yeah, what to do? Yeah. Yeah. It's Okay, yeah. Yes, Might as well sir. say for someone else.
1: And there are many thousands desperate for a hospital bed.
0: We are weeping, we are crying, we are helpless sometimes when we are not getting resources. It is not the problem of doctors. Doctors are doing their duty 24 into 7.
2: There is precious little time for the rituals of death and mourning at the crematorium. The bodies are arriving every minute of every hour.
3: What workers have been telling me is that the real scale of deaths caused by COVID-19 in India is a lot higher than what official numbers reflect. This invisible terrorist has come back more fierce and we are determined to fight it. Hello? Papa? Papa.
0: Hello.
1: Hello, Papa. Today I'm with Suchika Kula as she makes her daily call to her 79-year-old father. She moved to Auckland in 2005 for a better life and career, and her husband and two children joined her a year later. But she is still deeply connected to Delhi.
0: Papa, you are
1: Mohani Almira lives in isolation with his 84-year-old brother Jawahariel, in Delhi. It's a city in lockdown where police are patrolling the streets to make sure people follow strict curfews. Hi, Mohan, it's Sharon here. When another wave of COVID started spreading, Suchika arranged to move her father and uncle out of the extended family compound to another home across the city. She arranged for internet and water to be connected and
0: twice daily deliveries of food. They got there just in time. Little did we know after that, you know, after three, four days, we found my nephew was down, my niece was down, and then my cousin brother was also down in the first wave, which was when? Was that last year? That was last year, uh, between April and August. So I didn't hear of any cases in our immediate family or friends or friends of friends. And this is, I'm primarily talking about New Delhi, uh-huh. the capital city. Yeah. But this time around, you pick up a phone. My, all, You know, at least four members from my family were down, have recovered now. Our friend circle... Friends of friends, their parents, absolutely everybody.
3: The capital is being ravaged at a frightening speed.
0: So, in my immediate circle, I've got my bestie who was living in Vancouver. Her father died, so she flew from Canada back to Delhi. She's now stuck in Delhi. I've got my aunt, my nephew, my niece, uh, my cousin brother who are all stuck. They're recovered, you know, they were down with COVID. My father and my father's elder brother, we isolated them much in time. So the two old men are living in another house by themselves, no domestic help. um, Him being 25% partially deaf and his brother almost 90% deaf, it's a nightmare for both of them to live on their own. Mm. But at least they are safe. So they feel very secluded and as if they have been jailed. At this age, they don't want to be alone. No. Uh, But what do you do?
2: We don't have COVID.
0: <laughs> I know. Can you tell me what you do with your days? Papa, what do you do every day? Do you want to tell us? What do you do?
2: I wash dishes and clothes. <laughs> and I am happy which we are safe. after my 84 years old brother and with no COVID. Yep. We are away from our family.
0: Yeah. Papa, tell me about your pension and how they give you, gave you less money.
2: Because non-submission of uh, life certificate.
0: Yeah. So what he's saying is because he was not able to physically go and submit his, you know, the certificate oh, of his existence. No yeah. Mm. They just paid him less. Really? Yeah. So I had to, you know, write a letter from here to the HR department of, you know, he's actually retired from ANZ India mm. almost so 26 years jealous. now. So, yeah, which is now taken over by Standard Chartered. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote a letter from them to them that, you know, that he's received. I asked him to take a selfie of his with the latest newspaper so we can prove it to them that he's still alive yeah. and the money's going to the right bank account and stuff. So just, you know, logistical issues at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and tell me about um, when, when you get the food delivered, do you have to... Is there any kind of process that you have to do to make sure that, you know, you don't pick up COVID from a surface?
0: Papa, when food, do wipe it? Sanitise it? No. Uh, okay. I pick up after some time. Okay, five, they five, just then leave then it at the door and he picks it up after five minutes. Right, Yeah. Hmm. Papa, people scared around you? People are scared? Your neighbours are scared? No? No? No COVID at all in in our complex. Okay, no COVID in his complex. So So that's
1: a relief. Yeah, Yeah. that's why. And so these messages that you get from family and friends, how are they describing this?
0: There is a lot of fear, I must admit to that. However, I have spoken to other people who say, look, we know and we understand it is very contagious. It's probably in the air, and, and that's not real thing. They just feel, because every second person is getting it. It is not lethal. That's the understanding or the feeling that I get from people. Uh, in fact, my P, uh, people at home, they've recovered in 13 days, very mild symptoms. My aunt, who is uh, 82, uh, was vaccinated. Mm. Uh, after the second dose, four days after the second dose, she got COVID positive. Just uh, because she had to fly to US and she got the test positive for her pre-departure testing. So she couldn't fly and she's now recovered. She had very mild symptoms. Okay, so are you saying that that people
1: that you know are are getting the vaccine and then they're they're So there are a couple of
0: examples where, you know, this is what has happened. And is there any
1: explanation for why that is happening? Why they're getting COVID after they've had jabs?
0: It'll be very anecdotal and it'll be something that they assume it to be. And my aunt feels, oh, I probably went to the hospital and got it from somewhere there because, uh, you know, infected there. So she probably got infected between her first dose and the second dose somewhere there, right. otherwise there's no rational, because my dad is fully vaccinated, his brother's fully vaccinated, and they haven't got any. No. Yeah, but, and, and that's the reason we isolated the, them. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. And so, and the, the friends and family that you're in contact with, what are they, are they describing to you what it's like, because they're out and about, they're, right. they're not
0: in complete lockdown like yeah, your dad. they were and for the last 12 days, 13 days, ah. there was full curfew which is more than a lockdown, so there's police everywhere in Delhi. Right. Although the essentials are open, which is the chemist and the food services and the grocers and stuff like that. So you can go out and do... You can't go, just do the online stuff, you can't go out. Right. But what about the people who are sick? The people who are sick? So what I've heard is the hospitals are overwhelmed. Hospitals are not taking any more people. People are sharing beds. Um, people who have got underlying conditions. So there are hospitals who are COVID-free. They Mm -hmm. can only go there. I have a friend of mine here who, you know, they're here. Their parents both are COVID-positive. Their father is a heart patient. His pulse rate, as we speak, is about 38. And he's taking a chance. He can't send them to the hospital because even if he finds a spot for him in the hospital, they're not going to treat him for his heart while he's COVID-positive. So those are the kind of things people are dealing with. And while we are here, at least two flights away, locked in our own country, all we can do is just talk, talk, talk. Mm, to that exactly. Yeah. How
1: did it get to this? Because as you say, you went. They went through the first wave, and it almost seemed as if the government was claiming victory. That it was on top of it, and yet the second wave came along, and it almost it felt
0: like it was very sudden. What do you think? So there are three things I think would contribute to that. One was the elections rallies.
3: The Prime Minister campaigning in Assam, said he was uh, delighted, I think the word was elated, to see the large crowds that had gathered at his rally, this on a day when India has reported over 2 lakh coronavirus cases for the third consecutive
0: day and
3: over 1,000 deaths. In
2: 24 hours.
0: There was a Diwali function, so people were again out and about after a you know big lockdown and people refraining themselves from not going out. So that was one. Followed by Kumbh Mela. Kumbh, yeah. yeah. My God, that just a disaster.
3: Amidst the unprecedented surge in COVID cases, more than three million devotees have taken a holy dip in Ganga River in Mahakum in Haridwar. COVID protocols have gone for an absolute
2: toss. In the middle of the
0: COVID pandemic, a sea of devotees at Kumbh Mela, throwing all COVID
2: norms to the wind.
0: Why? Why would people... Because religiously and culturally, people just think, oh, if we go there, things will be all right, and we'll be fine, we can handle... You know, that's the mindset. Uh So three things, and plus the farmers' protest.
3: A bus that was used as a roadblock being pushed aside. Barricades being broken. Hundreds of thousands of farmers marched into Delhi on Tuesday from neighbouring states. A planned protest, but it deviated from the routes it was allowed on. At the heart of this protest, new agricultural laws passed by the government in September last year.
1: Was it a case of the message not getting through? The warnings weren't strong enough for people not to be in these groups? I mean, you know, if there were, if there were political rallies, then clearly the politicians weren't putting out See, that what
0: message. we need to understand is that India is a large democracy. You know, when we talk about the word democracy, it's I can do what I want to do, and that's what people end up doing. And when you have examples like the MLAs and the ministers and the election rallies... How do you tell a person, a normal person, not to go down? Mm. I mean, to be honest with you, my father was asking me about three weeks ago, shall I just go down for five minutes and go to the chemist? I said, no. Right. You're not going anywhere. Mm. But it just... Because they have been in a lockdown forever and just confined.
1: People have had enough. Yeah. And also... A lot of people live in very difficult housing situations. A lot of people That's live right. on the streets. Yeah.
0: So you would actually not know whether that person died of hunger, heat, or COVID. Mm. Be honest with you. Yeah. Isn't it? What do you think about how the government has handled this? I'm really unsure, to be honest, to comment on this because I haven't followed too much news. But uh, to what I know about the Chief Minister, I just. That's a disaster. It's a disaster. They haven't managed it very well. Yeah, uh, I thought that we had some level of, you know, the health structure was not that bad. There were, there's a lot of private hospitals and everything. Mm. They're trying to manage, uh, but looks like it has not been managed well.
2: First the grief, now the fury.
1: Ah! H- oh.
2: This was the alarming scene outside a Delhi hospital as the family of a 62-year-old woman vented their anger at medical staff for not admitting her. She died because the health system has collapsed into chaos.
3: For many here, the government's promises of rushing in oxygen are coming too late. Families left asking why something so basic is unavailable.
1: If your father got seriously
0: ill or he has got underlying condition. He's highly asthmatic and can is prone to bronchitis and other things and that's the reason my brother isolated them first.
1: Yeah. So if he got very ill and needed treatment, how confident would you be that he would get a bed in a hospital and get the right treatment?
0: How things work in India sometimes is if you got a lot of connections and especially in the capital city uh, connections left, right and centre and you know people around, we might be we might be lucky. There is a chance that they say, OK, he's got COVID and we don't have beds. Would you rather keep him at home? What is the treatment?
3: Well, and if there's no oxygen? Shivangi Mehra is on the phone organising oxygen for the hospital she works in. Nothing,
0: nothing is being done. I don't know government is sleeping or what they are doing. I am totally disheartened in the situation which I What my brother has done is he has bought personal oximeters that checks your oxygen level of the body. Yep. Everyone has got it in their own rooms, so you keep checking that. Yep. He's also kept an additional oxygen cylinder Yeah. at home. So he's pretty prepared for the three oldies that he's looking after. But we still would need some extra, you know, some nurse or something. You would expect to pay three times the cost of things at the moment. Things are really expensive, that's what I've heard. Hospitals are asking you to pay upfront before uh, an admission can be done really yeah that's what i've heard what um, what about the poor people you've got public hospitals and that's where you when you hear the stories that people are sharing the beds and they're in the hallways or you know
2: footage filmed for us inside one hospital by a doctor shows how desperate the situation has become The gasps and groans of seriously ill Covid patients waiting in the corridor. Here at least they are getting oxygen. Many more outside are dying without any. When you look at
1: these images, really sad scenes, how does it make you feel?
0: Horrible. Horrible. I'll be honest with you, I was really, really low day before yesterday Really low with the fact when my brother called me, be prepared, you know, we may need money if something happens to them. You know, you just be prepared with money that you may need to transfer. I'm here to look after. I'm here with, I'll also arrange money because, but you be prepared. You just don't know. Uh, Obviously, I'm frightened to see what's happening there. And back of my heart and mind, I, I know that my father is asthmatic and something happens to him just as well, you know, he's vaccinated and everything we'll probably be seeing his funeral online you know obviously you're scared uh, but i hope uh, they manage the way they're managing staying home not doing anything silly uh, you know thinking of going down or um, for a walk or meeting any stranger yeah uh, we should be hopeful that we should get past this one it's really scary you? be honest with you yeah you know they're using parking lots in the hospital as crematoriums for dead people with covid Charanjeev Malhotra has
3: been helping to cremate the dead for decades. Now, he barely ever stops working.
2: I've
3: never seen such a terrifying situation. I can't believe that we're in the capital of India.
2: If a
0: family member is COVID positive and they die, obviously you can't, so depending on your religion and what you want to do with the body, bury your cremate, you don't get the body probably the hospital people will do it for you. Or if you insist, they'll probably pack it up or wrap it up in a manner that you anyway can't see the body. The momming services have gone really difficult and expensive, unavailable. So even if family was to, you know, go back, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. You wouldn't be able to get the body? No. No. Or you just watch it, you know, somebody from the hospital will do it for you. So those are the kind of fears that, you know, your near and dear ones, your father just made i yeah and all you do is a phone call
1: yeah how much can you really do from here i mean nothing
0: apart from talking to the family every day and asking how they are in fact they're also tired of receiving our phone calls you know my other sister is in the u.s north carolina and we all we can do is just call her from here my father is desperate to come here He, since 2014, he's been coming to New Zealand every six months. Mm -hmm. And last year, 2020, I was just about to book his tickets and then the, you know, COVID drama started. So I said, no, you stay back in India. He's just desperate to meet me and I'm desperate to meet him and I'm not sure when we would be able to.
1: Now with these stricter rules around people flying out of India, they have to be citizens.
0: So would he be entitled to come? Not at the moment, not at the moment because he's... uh, He's neither a citizen nor a permanent resident. When we wanted to apply for a citizenship, a permanent resident, he said, nah, I'm okay on the Indian passport. Yeah, He says, nah, I want to die there. (laughs) Do you have any idea how much longer they'll have to be on their own? My my cousin brother says that he'd like to keep them for another two or three weeks there Hmm. until things have settled down, there is a decline. Because where the other houses and brother is staying, the entire complex is full of COVID. So we'd rather keep these two there. Even though they're fully vaccinated, it's been almost three weeks and the second dose was given to these people. We just don't want to take a chance. Papa, how do you feel? Because you're not able to go out of the house. I feel quite happy.
2: I'm with my brother.
0: I'm with my brother, so he's happy. What do you think
1: this will do to India. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when the worst of this is over and, and the When recovery? the worst of,
0: of it is over, of course, there's going to be an impact on the economy of the country, as you can imagine. But the Indian DNA and the structure is such, they're going to get over it, come out of it. It's obviously in, in my lifetime, I'm 47, I haven't seen a pandemic. I've only heard about things in the past. We haven't seen things like that. But India will come out of it strong, I'm pretty sure. People I speak to, they're still hopeful. Like my dad says, it'll be over. Ten days, it'll start going decline. Even though it starts declining, the numbers will fall, and I should be able to go back to my, you know, house. Okay, Papa, I'll call you later. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: Bye. 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 Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ on air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansel and produced by Alexia Russell. And thanks to Suchika Kula and her father Mohan for speaking to me from Delhi. Now, before we Go. I'd just like to point you to another daily news podcast called Pacific Waves. It has been called Dateline Pacific until now, but it's just had a bit of a rejig and got a new name. It's still made by the same world class team at Radio New Zealand Pacific. It's on all the same podcast platforms as us.